Today on a Wednesday, we get to celebrate last week's Brexit and uh, today's acquittal and last night's State of the Union address. Uh, But we have to bring you the bad news as well. And I've told you for a long, long time that I consider Antifa a domestic terrorist group. And uh, they are a dangerous bunch and they have not been dealt with adequately here in the Pacific Northwest. They choose to show up to do their crimes in masks, and then they use the defense, and the police do too occasionally, that, well, we can't tell who did those bad things, including beating our friend Andy No, the journalist, so badly that he suffered some damage that may well be permanent. Um, no, we can't catch them because we can't tell who they are. Um, now, it's really ugly, but there's a particular aspect of Antifa's history that I wanted Andy Ngo to, to tackle, and he's joined me now, the conservative journalist Andy Ngo. Um, Andy, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be with you again. I always want to bring people up to speed. There was a business called Cider Right. It's a bar. It was a hangout for the Antifa group that I consider a domestic terrorist group. But the the involvement of this bar and Antifa goes a whole lot deeper than a lot of the major uh, fake stream media uh, has been suggesting here in the Northwest. Why don't you give us the deets? Yeah. So last uh, May, May 2019, there was a very violent neighborhood brawl that erupted right uh, at the business. I was one of the journalists who was actually injured in that, and many other people were injured. There were weapons involved, projectiles. Um, the The way that it was spun in the media was that the side of riot was portrayed as a victim of political violence. Um, within 48 hours, the owner, one of the owners of uh, the pub, um, did the stunt of a press conference announcing a one million dollar lawsuit against Jerry Gibson and other right wing people, and um, they rode on uh, this positive PR and media reports for several months until the redacted report from the Oregon Liquor Control Commission came out in September, which details for the first time how the bar, its staff, its owners, um, allegedly tried to mislead investigators and to obstruct the investigation. Several charges were um, recommended against the establishment. Now, the pub ended up shutting down, closing, was put on sale uh, in November, and um, what I have uncovered recently is the full unredacted report, which details um, it, it was worse than what we thought. What part of it was worse? I mean, in the sense of the involvement of the bar, and did they conceal what was really going on there and what really happened that day? So in the redacted report that was released through to the public and from uh, from the Oregon Liquor ago, Control Commission, right? Correct. So every um, alcohol establishment uh, has to be licensed and permitted through this state agency. By the way, there was previously a charge that was detailing how the pub allegedly. Uh, concealed or destroyed evidence, but the details of that were redacted. So in my report that came out on the post-millennial um, this past week, um, I detailed information that we previously didn't know. And one of the main things is that uh, the pub uh, knowingly allowed its uh, security footage to be destroyed, to be overwritten. 
the owner, Abram Goldman Armstrong, had claimed to police that the system that is set up um, for security deletes itself or overwrites itself within 48 hours. What's curious, though, is that within that exact time frame, he mobilized to get a $1 million lawsuit uh, against people who were involved in the brawl. You would think that his counsel would advise him to preserve that footage. Um, Well, especially because at that point, he knew that there was already a police investigation into what had happened. So as I understand it, if you're on notice that there's a police investigation, you don't run around and destroy data that the police would likely ask for in advance of, of that, if you know there's an investigation. And they knew there was because they were complaining to be the victims, right? Correct. And the other big thing in, in this unredacted report, um, there, there are many details that I, you can read in the report, but the other big thing is that um, to help augment the $1 million lawsuit, uh, Goldman Armstrong had claimed that one of the patrons was left with a, a very serious neck injury. It was reported in the media that she had her neck broken or her vertebrae uh, broken. But I, uh, as well as my publication, have reviewed the medical documentation from uh, the alleged victim. Uh, she, her name is Heather Ashley Clark. She was recorded and uh, rushing in to try to strike somebody before she was hit and knocked out. Well, the medical documentation from the story shows that there was no vertebrae fracture at all and that she was discharged from the medical facility the next day when she visited um, right after the checkup. So it casts doubt on the claims that have been made. Um, I have reached out repeatedly to the congressman that represents uh, most of Portland, Earl Blumenauer, for comment on the findings from the OLCC. He, his office um, completely ignored all my inquiries um, Earl Blumenauer has been very outspoken in his support for Ciderite, as well as its owner. Um, so Ciderite, even with its links to violent extremists, uh, had and has very powerful politicians sticking up for it. See, and, and all of this because, if I'm right, what you found is that the owner of Ciderite had a political connection or a, a real-life connection to these Antifa types. He wasn't necessarily a member of them, but he believed in their cause. And uh, and so he sought to paint uh, the other group, uh, Joy Gibson's group, as the bad guys when, in fact, they were not. When I was there that day in May, what was really shocking was as soon as the journalists arrived, like a block away, the people were already masked up and they had weapons ready. At that time, I didn't... I was surprised. I was like, why are they dressed like this if they're just enjoying drinks at a pub? Um, Of course, I I found out through more reporting that um, they were prepared for a riot. And according to the OLCC report, uh, Goldman Armstrong, the owner, was aware of illegal weapons being used, was outside uh, recording and documenting this, and at no point did he ever call police which goes against what his obligations are as a licensed facility. What's another shocking detail in the report is that one of the staff members, it's the pub's own licensed security, Joseph Lavasser, had actually lied to the state investigators. He said that he stood at the door uh, during the riot. Um, Video footage shows him not just 
leaving the front area, but actually macing people and engaging in a fight on the street. You know, and this is the thing. When you come equipped for a riot, to me, we get to use that fancy Latin phrase, mens rea. It means you have the guilty mind. That's uh, conservative journalist Andy Noe with us talking about the latest word that he managed to dig out. The rest of the media didn't on the cider riot incident. We'll be back in just a moment. You've got the Lars Larson Show. <laughs> 